0: So, uh, recently we've gone through Carnosaur by listener request from my good friend Matthew Tagent, and uh, we did Carnosaur Two, which I actually like better than the first one. First one I'm not really a fan of, and now we're doing the last of this saga, Carnosaur Three from 1996, sci-fi horror hour and 25 minutes. It, it, the runtime's is pretty short. Uh, this one moves pretty fast. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is the better of the three, which is really ironic when you think about it, because usually your sequels really start going down in quality. Uh, this one almost feels like you've got a, a definitely a person who's writing the trends of the time as far as movie making, because this movie has everything you expect from a mid-90s movie, right? We've transitioned from any kind of 80s ideas into what is now the 90s. And what do I mean by that? Well, we've got transitions where the camera just goes to the side and you get a sound effect that goes right? So, uh, trying to quicken up the pace of everything you know, even if it's a, a, a swipe from one scene to the next, you're going to get this kind of sound effect. Uh, you've got that going on. You've got the shots where the action will be in slow-mo, but the audio is in real time, right? A very 90s thing, you know. Matter of fact, the slow-mo is almost kind of choppy, you know, and you get, you know, but the sound effects of what's going on is in real time. That's another big '90s thing, and then you also and there's even a couple of Dutch angles in this one, uh, not heavily used. It's not like Battlefield Earth or nothing like that, but it does have a few in here just to just to throw it in there, right? Uh, this movie stars Scott Valentine. Y'all remember him, right? From Facts of Life, and you know, what's the my my demon lover or whatever? I think that's what it was called. Uh, This may be the best acting I've ever seen him do. Just saying. That's a great thing. But, you know, much love to you, Scott. (laughs) Everybody in this movie is totally expendable. So, not really worth talking about. Sorry if you're somebody that was in this movie. But, you know, you're there for one purpose and one purpose only. To get knocked off by carnosaurs. Right? Let's see what kind of uh, synopsis we have here. Here we go. When terrorists take over a military convoy, they believe they have seized plutonium. It's funny how that's a running thing in these movies, too. However, they get an unpleasant surprise when they discover that the cargo is actually a number of fierce, genetically engineered dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the start of it, for sure. That's kind of how the movie starts. Uh, yeah. Again, the military is uh, tampering with dinosaurs I'm I'm assuming I mean this one's closer to the second movie as far as story could be kind of a lead off from it I don't know I didn't dig that far into it but uh, all in all it's a uh, kind of the same story except this time instead of a ragtag team of electricians it is a ragtag team of military folks right you got some army guys you got some Marines that pop up later on because um, the uh, the army guys keep getting knocked off who's led by Scott Valentine which I have to talk about this when you first see Scott Valentine his group is doing a, a, a training um, you know just a almost like a hand-to-hand type kind of training deal and uh, his His fatigues, they look like they're made for somebody else. They don't really fit him at all. Now, later on, he goes into normal clothes and looks, I mean, you know, looks totally fine. Or there's other military uniforms, but this camouflage one that he's wearing looks like it's about 12 times too big. He looks like he's going to be in the uh, Talking Heads movie Stop Making Sense, right, with the big oversized suit that's kind of what this looks like it's just engulfing him it's just this little bitty head in this great big suit I don't know if that's on purpose don't know but uh, he's leading this team training them to be the best that there is and they get called in because uh, the word is on the street that a military convoy has been hit by a group of terrorists or whatever and uh, they gotta go in and try to save the day right with that being said some pretty good action in uh, our terrorist which is led by another regular kind of 90s bad guy with his hair slicked back in a black jacket um, you know they're cold-blooded they shoot people in the face they have no remorse they pull this truck into a like a storage facility like a warehouse. And uh, open up the truck and sure enough, there's no plutonium, which is what we all want, or uranium. I think it's actually uranium thereafter, not plutonium. But anyways, can you have one without the other? It's kind of like two great tastes that go together, like chocolate and peanut butter, right? But uh, yeah, they open up the truck and at the moment, the dinosaurs are still like in Frozen state, but they thaw out really quick, and you kind of get the typical POV shot, but with that 90s flare where it's discolored, and uh, whenever they attack them, there's like a bright flash of light so you don't see what happens kind of deal, right? Again, very, very 90s. You could almost use this as an example if somebody says, Hey, what was 90s cinema like? You pretty much could show them this movie, and uh. It's going to show them everything that we saw in every TV show and every movie of the time. Um. So, this squad gets called. Oh, there's a whole force of security guards that show up. And, uh, go in and, and try to stop the dinosaurs as well. And that doesn't end up very well either. And that's when the military guys show in. And, uh, kind of the same deal. Keep getting knocked off. So, uh. After all that happens, Scott Valentine goes back. Reese is his name. And they've brought in the scientist, who's your atypical hot blonde, that's a scientist. So here you go. Here's your movie setup, right? You got a whole bunch of military people, and you got a hot blonde doctor, and Scott Valentine. Who do you think is going to be your survivors in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's already set in stone. You, you you know where this is going. Everybody else is expendable because that's the way these movies are made. But for the most part, this movie is entertaining. It moves really fast. I think we've kind of changed uh, the, uh, the carnosaurs here, right? I, I think we've actually s- settled for guys in suits, which is kind of a unique twist, I guess. I think the other ones before were more puppeted. I'm just saying, I, I don't know for sure, but it, it looks like, and it may be just because you're seeing more of the animals in a bigger setting, but there's no doubt these are some rubber suits that people are in for the most part. And I, and I don't understand, is it just the fact that you, you just have to have a T-Rex in every one of these? Is it just the requirement? I guess because... Jurassic Park set that that's that standard as well because you know yeah yeah the raptors are bad but you know it can whip a raptor a T Rex and you know let's face it every Jurassic Park movie every Jurassic World movie ends with a big uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex biting another big dinosaur uh, not really any different here right you got a couple of couple of uh, raptors. And a T-Rex who's asexual, who's laying eggs to hatch more babies. And the scientist wants to study them. So you can't go in and kill the dinosaurs. So you got a military team that's going in and trying to capture these dinosaurs so she can study them. Yeah, so pretty lame. You know how how that's going to work out, right? So eventually it's like all gloves are off. (laughs) We've got to defend ourselves. There's this weird thing because, for the most part of this movie, it's all still in this warehouse. And then, all of a sudden, to wrap things up, they decide we got to get all these dinosaurs on a ship and then we'll freeze them on the ship. How do they come up with that? I don't know. What's even a bigger mystery? How do they get them on the ship? Because you don't see any of that. You just instantly cut from the warehouse to them being on a ship. I. Don't know. I, if anybody knows, let me know. Because somehow you had to get them on the ship. Which would not be an easy task. Because you'd have to have that ship right up against the warehouse for them to just walk in it like it's Noah's Ark. Uh, tell me what I'm missing here. because um, That's the only thing that kind of threw me for a... Oh, wait a minute. This don't really make any sense. But anyways. If they use some kind of device... To either put them asleep and get them on the ship. Why didn't they just say, oh, there you go, lady. There you go. They're knocked out. Do your best, right? All in all, though, you know, again, this one, I think this is the better movie of the three. I think it's it was more fun. It moves faster. Um, you got, you know, the Army and, and Marines kind of banter back and forth trying to, you know, a lot of machismo going on here. I don't know. I, I found this one more enjoyable than the other ones. This would be the one I would probably revisit if I was going to revisit one. Not saying that I'm going to. But anyways, that's my thoughts on this one. It's the better of the three. What was it called? Primal Species. Carnosaur Three, Primal Species. Boy, if so that's not a, a mid-90s title for you, I don't know what is, right? Cause we went to that phase of all your sequels have to have that secondary you can't just call it Connoisseur three. It's gotta be, you know, the marsupials or <laughs> you know, something to that degree. You gotta change it up to show that, oh no, this one's different, right? Even though it's still two raptors and a T Rex and people getting killed. I mean it's there's not many different ways you can label that and it'd be any different. But that that being said, again, I think this is the 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 best of the three, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a three out of five. Actually, I'd give it more like a three point five out of five. I think it's like I said, better than the last one. Uh, I didn't really like it. I didn't love it. It just I liked it. It's okay, right? I didn't mind sitting through it. So there you go. That's my coverage of the, the Carnosaur Trilogy. Matt, just for you, buddy. Hope I didn't disappoint you. Uh, I know you like these movies, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love a good, bad movie, too. Uh, these last two, I, I enjoyed the first one. I just don't I don't get it. I don't like it. I mean, concept's there, but I don't know. It just falls flat for me. But these last two, eh, you know what? I can deal with them. So, there you go, folks. If you're a fan of these, uh, I hope I did them justice. If you're not a fan of these, I understand why. And if you're curious about watching them, you know, if, if you like low-budget, bad movies, Roger Coleman Productions, it's right up your alley. If you like dinosaurs, you're you're going to get it, right? So, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed this one, and we will check you later.